Hi, ladies. This is Shannon. How are you? Hi, Shannon. Good, good. Oh, I went on a, I went on a ladies doing stuff binge the past like week. No way. Oh man, you don't know how much that means. Yeah. <laughs> I went to high school in L. I went to high school in LA. I went to King Drew. Okay, oh. medical magnet, huh? Yes, yes. Go, girl. Killer King, the trauma center. The trauma center, what up? What up? She's like throwing up. What up, y'all? Absolutely. (laughs) Our episode today is about women of color, people of color in the entertainment industry and what it takes for us to actually survive and thrive in this industry. You know, so many people want to be it, you know, the next big thing. Mm -hmm. But we were talking about, okay, what does that really mean? For us, yeah, it's a completely different process. Right. It seems like. How do you operate as a woman of color, specifically in that industry? For for a long time, you know, almost a borderline disrespectful amount of time. Mm-hmm. The entertainment industry was dominated by a lot of you know gross rich white men, and lots of women felt like they had to play the game, whether it was laughing it off, if someone was being overly forward, or not speaking up when you got you know grabbed on or rubbed on. And, and I think that's that's really changed a lot now. I mean, now women are feeling safer and stronger and comfortable enough to speak up. That being said, I mean, people still aren't believing them, which is frustrating. Isn't that yeah. crazy? Yep. Like, how do you blame the victim? Would, yeah. Right, I wish people would just start to believe women without having them constantly relive their trauma right. over and over by recounting the same story. And also, why does it have to happen to more than one woman? For you to believe it. They're like, oh, it's serious now. It's over five, so (laughs) technically. (laughs) That being said, even though women are really starting to speak up and and, and kind of stand up in their truth in the industry, I still think women of color are vastly underrepresented. And and that doesn't mean just like on screen as far as, you know, acting, but behind the scenes as well. There are next to no directors, engineers, costume designers. It's not because they, they don't exist. But it's just for some reason, these opportunities aren't being made available to them. Mm, exactly. And I think it, it comes down to access and, well, and privilege, really. But that's a whole other beast to tackle. Yeah. <laughs> We're not afraid. And generally, people hire who their trusted sources recommend. When you, especially as a woman of color, when you don't have someone you know with a seat at the table, mm-hmm. how can you expect to get an invite? Mm. Exactly. We've been told that, you know, we need to be twice as good, twice yes. as yes. nice price is quiet mm-hmm. and and finally it feels like that's changing women of color are, are taking the industry by storm and and what i love mostly about it is that they're doing it while being unapologetically themselves right yeah i love 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 what you know Issa Rae is doing shout out to king drew alum hey king drew <laughs> they're up your set i love love what Issa Rae is doing and how she's just providing spaces for people of color in the entertainment industry. That's amazing. Yeah, and and we need more of that. I mean, there's only, it sucks that you can only count on on one one hand hand, the amount of people that are, that have built something up enough for themselves that they're actually reaching out saying, let me bring people. Let me help. Exactly. Hey, you want to do this? Let me teach you. Let me show you. This is how to do it. Yeah. One of the most profound things I'd ever heard her say was something about networking like laterally, like working with people who are on the same level as you, who are just as hungry, who are just as passionate, who are just as tenacious, and working to achieve a goal together rather than trying to reach and pull reach these out. contacts mm-hmm. from these higher ups who don't know who you are. If mm. you start with something good, 
if you start with something that's new and fresh and exciting, if the content can speak for itself, all you have to do is just get it across the right desk and it'll explode. Yeah. I mean, part of me wonders if that was her way of saying, stop tweeting me, stop texting me, like, mm. <laughs> kind of work Like, help your, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's lane. like, y'all y'all help each other. These are group yeah. assignments, okay? Help each other. Yeah. <laughs> stop calling me. <laughs> One last note here. So, Shannon, closing out, what do you think we can do as women of color to demand that seat at the table? I mean, do we demand it or do we do we ask nicely? Well, honestly, part of me wants to say nice for what? Oh, right. <laughs> but I really think it comes down to believing in believing in your craft. And I know knowing your worth is such an overused phrase, but it's true. You need to know what you're worth and you need to know when it's time to walk away and maybe self-produce. Mm-hmm. Maybe when it's time to, to build your network on your own and just put, just put it out. We have so many avenues available to us in order to just put our art out into the world and share it with people without an okay from someone with lots of money. I like that. Oh, wait. I get, is that my cue? <laughs> <laughs> that was me done. Uh, to me, that was like a mic drop moment. So I'm like, yeah, I was in the moment. We had to pause for a I moment of silence. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. I feel like that should be a sound effect, just like a cool Yeah. <laughs> I guess with that, we're going to go ahead and start our show. Thank you so much, Shannon. (laughs) Thank you. So good talking to you. Thank you, ladies. Have a great show. Bye. Today, we're talking about life in show business for women. Ironically, with a couple of guys. Yeah. I think we just had to get that balance going on. Mix it up. Mix it up. (laughs) And people, we live in LA, so people tend to think, oh my God, you must see celebrities everywhere you go. It's not always the case. Yeah. I see more homeless people than I see celebrities. A lot more of those. (laughs) But we're going to give you the lowdown on everything that there is to know about working in show business with these guys. And they're going to help us understand what real, real Hollywood is like. Exactly. And I think from a black perspective, too. Oh, yeah. That's a second layer. important. (laughs) For us, I guess. Not for everybody. It's important for life, (laughs) I think. People of color listening, you guys are going to learn what it really takes to make it in show business. So to anybody watching, listening, interested in working in show business, this one's for you. Yes. So we have Kareem the Dream. Yes, yes. How are you? How are you? Hi, hi. And Kambi, a writer? Yep, Kambi, writer, creator of the show Dropouts. Awesome, And thank you guys for having us on your show. Oh, yes. (laughs) I like that. You're welcome. And Kareem, tell us a little bit about what you do. I know you do a lot of production. Like, what does a producer do? Because people yeah. think they know, but do we? They don't yeah. really know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the producer role has many job descriptions, is the best way to put it. Because in every show, it's different. Mm-hmm. So you may have a producer who is really hands-on, and you may have somebody who has a producer title, and all they did was put money up. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have some producers that do both. There are executive producers that do everything from selling the project to hiring the crews that are going to produce the show or whatever project you have. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. the producer title is definitely something that gets thrown around willy-nilly, especially in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So you can literally just meet any guy on the street and he'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm a a producer. producer. (laughs) We started saying that. We're like, yeah, we produce. I mean, technically you do produce. You produce your show. You're editing your 
you know, you're creating your outlines. Like, it's definitely a show. You can totally we fund put, it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You are producers. Uh, we're producers. 100%. What's up? There you go. IMBD. It's done. All right. So that's how you do it, guys. <laughs> awesome. And Kambi, can you tell us more about your writing experience and what you do? When I started, actually, I mostly was uh, doing a lot of writing, mm-hmm. you know, trying to write as many content as possible just to get my foot inside the Hollywood dolls and stuff. So then in the beginning, it's not only as much important to write something that not only you're passionate about, but something that's actually easy to get made. Mm, yeah. So I at first I was writing a lot of feature films, which is my passion. Mm. Then. Wow, that's um, a big project. So I wrote something, uh, a feature f- film script that got an attention of an agent. Mm-hmm. And uh, they advised me to write TV show scripts as well, just to have more content and stuff like that, which will be easier for them to actually work with it, mm-hmm. to show me around and advertise me. So that's pretty much the beginning of like my writing process and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So mostly I've been more focused on writing comedy TV shows. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I enjoy watching uh, comedy shows and mm-hmm. comedy movies. Cool. You're right. Just tying your passion with what you do, because that'll make it like it's mm-hmm. not work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Is that yeah, what people yeah. say? Because sometimes there's some days <laughs> what, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it is a lot of work. Where I'm just like, ooh, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I'm like, ugh, kill me. Only you have to work and work in order to not work yeah. <laughs> in yeah. the future. But you, you know what it really is? I think it's that you dislike it less. Mm-hmm. Then you're your nine your to nine five. Your nine to five, exactly. Yeah. You know, so if it, e- even though it's difficult and you'll be like, oh, in the back of your mind, you can still be like, you know what? At it's least it's mine. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> At least I'm it's mine. Yeah. I'm working for myself in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Also on the, on the writer point of view, it's like people t- always tell you write what you want or what you love and stuff like that. But also you got to keep the mentality of that, what is actually marketable out there. Mm-hmm. So you got to balance it like you gotta Mm -hmm. write what you want but you gotta also write something that people want to see so it's not only about you writing something that you think is the best story ever because it's based on your life yeah but somebody else might not relate to that so you gotta look at the market at the same time balance with what you love to write about yeah that's actually what we're kind of learning and experiencing like the further we develop our podcast and our content we're just like it's not about us like sure we're we're sharing our life story Mm -hmm. but we really have to give the people what they want is it relatable for them like what value do they get out of it and if we're just like this is my life and this is what i do they're like good for you like i don't know yeah (laughs) i I feel like it has to be a mutual relationship between you and your audience Mm -hmm. you know where there is like everybody's benefiting from both you know so yeah so i have a question for you do you tend to write for a specific demographic then if you can't cater to everybody i have actually realized my strength as a writer is writing teen comedies like somewhere on there so i'm very good at that Uh so yeah so i mainly have been focused on that like my demographic will be probably like from 18 to 24 comedies like uh insecure or Mm -hmm. you know like like young adults yes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like something that i'm working on right now uh it's called broken english and it's just literally a tv show that's set up inside english as a second language class Oh, any, wow. That's any. an episode. Of, oh, man. She, she, <laughs> did you teach ESL? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Shortly. No. TV that show, is comedy right which there. Which is a sitcom <laughs> focusing on the students about this from different countries not knowing what 
you might say right. and I might not understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. You know, you like me. I think I like you kind of type thing. But yeah. you, the way that you show that you like me, it's, it's different, different from my culture. culture. So it's like yeah. a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's Sounds very good. funny. It's like a laugh all out. I want to see it. Please yeah. cue it up yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be so cool, especially like derivative from the typical American white mm-hmm. male perspective. Like that is so done and over with. And I'm just mm-hmm. like ready for fresh and new. Yeah, and I feel like we are in the golden age of diversity right now. Yes. So it's like mm. perfect timing. I like this. The golden age of diversity. And, you yes. know, so it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you just look at all the shows that get made right now, all movies and stuff like that, they're more open to like diversity yes. you know crazy mm-hmm. rich asians made so much money yeah they're you know? like what people will come to see people that look like them on the screen yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> have you guys seen that netflix series um sex education yeah i have i, I love that TV show. i love it too oh, yeah. there's just like different types of couples it's like homosexual heterosexual interracial couples they deal with like real problems and it's just not your heterosexual white male problems yeah. Yeah. and i'm like this is so great <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay i'll check that out That's it's, my really it's a really good show you guys yeah. should differentiate yeah, but it you, you yeah. know that the, the the issue is which is why the industry is changing so much is because these themes have been so over used because hollywood is mm. so accustomed to having a method of like this is what this works. works let's do this mm-hmm. because like making movies is expensive making tv shows is expensive so they don't want to waste their time and it's not even their waste their time it's their, the people who are actually green lighting or making the decisions are working for someone and they don't want to get fired mm. yeah mm. so they're gonna go with the formula you know what this has the keywords, and i mean now some some production houses are using algorithms where it's like a computer program that's scanning the script and looking for keywords. Wow. And then they're taking, okay, if I put this actor with this actor based on these, that based on the data, we should be able to bring this a much like, and that's how they're doing it. It's all algorithms now for a lot of these wow. things. Wow, that's so crazy. cookie cutter. That's disgusting. That's why you get so many complaints like, wow, this is the mm. same movie over and mm-hmm. over again or the same show. Yeah. That's what it yeah. seems you know, like. Like I, I tell my friends that a lot, the woman in need is the most overused storyline in media and it really is so from everything from um an action movie where it's like oh you kidnapped my daughter or oh you killed my wife or oh you and then now the man has to go and save the day or like in commercials the adt commercials and Mm. it's always a mother and her daughter in the house and some man comes kicked in the door boom yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) you need adt it's like literally one of the things that they have they call it in writing or like screenplays and stuff like that they call it same but different so it's like Mm. it's like people write the same scripts with the same formulas literary yeah but they're just a little bit different you Mm -hmm. all you're bringing is your voice yeah it's literally yeah so it's like studios are more open to stuff that proven like this okay, works i've this seen it works. before i've seen it before the only thing that changes here are just characters <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, so that's why yeah. i feel like i'm watching something and i feel like oh i can tell you what's gonna, gonna happen, happen next yeah. because yeah. you literally you seen know. you've seen it so many and times words, yeah i know the dialogue but here's the thing as creatives we can use that to our advantage because you don't have to show as much Mm because your brain is already putting things together. Mm. So we're already so accustomed to seeing and knowing what's happening in these shows that you can literally cut certain things out and people already have an an understanding of what's going on. Mm. So it's a gift and a curse in some Mm -hmm. ways. 
So like the more educated the viewer is, the more um, Inception type of movies we could get. If you remember Inception, yeah, which yeah. Is like my favorite movies, yes. or or like The Matrix and like these yeah. very like breaking twist- the mold, exactly. Yeah. Because now with the internet and everybody being connected, everything is moving so much so faster. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people are more able to wrap their brains around deeper concepts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. You guys are really in this, like knee deep in it. There's probably no coming out for you guys when it comes to your work and what you do in show business. But was there ever a time where you wanted a desk job? Like you wanted to work at Wells Fargo? You're like, man, I'm tired of this. <laughs> I'm tired like, of stuff. You guys know so much about this and it's your life now. But I'm like, wait, how did you get here? For me, when I actually started, I honestly just, I wanted to network. I was writing a lot and also I wanted to meet people. Mm-hmm. When I was going to school, I learned that networking is very important. I didn't know many, many people when I moved to LA. So the first thing that I did was uh, I started going out at night, just like networking places, like maybe a bar inside a hotel, like I'll go to like Beverly Hills Hotel or something, mm-hmm. you know, and... Yeah, I will meet people in the entertainment industry, but it was always, the conversations were always very awkward, you know? Yeah, you feel like everybody's trying to be something. Yeah, and also just like communicating with somebody where you want something at the back end, and you just met that person person you know Mm -hmm. so it was i wasn't feeling good about it Mm -hmm. you know um also another thing too you meet people and they forget about you the next day so because sometimes they're drinking you know stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. Uh, it was one i think one of those new years the solution i told myself you know what i want to get a job where i can network like daytime daily with the same group of people Mm -hmm. you know so so I pretty much applied to like restaurants jobs and coffee shop jobs by like studios and talent agencies, like all the top five. Like very strategic. Sony, like Fox, wow. CAA, UTA. We they're are all noticed. close to each other too. Huh? Yeah, you know they're all in Beverly Hills, Century City area. So luckily, I got a restaurant job at the down underneath the CAA talent agency. Mm-hmm. Arguably one among the best agencies in the world. So yeah, they represent all the A-list talents from Will Smith, Leo DiCaprio, Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the list goes on and on. The restaurant that I work at, it was an Asian restaurant, and we serve sushi and other Asian food. Most people who eat sushi, they'll eat there three times a week. So you're literally meeting the same people weekly. Wow. Yeah. You know, so like... So they get to know you by name. They're like... Yeah, like... What's up, Combi? Pretty much. They're like, what are you doing this weekend, man? You know, like, yo. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly, it wasn't like a lot of celebrity that would come and eat there. It was mostly agents. So, like, an agent for Lily Couple will come and eat there. Like, agent for Jennifer Lawrence will come mm-hmm, and eat there. Mm-hmm. So, it was easier for me to build a relationship with them that way because it was, like, it felt real. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. meeting some, uh, somebody every day, like, not kind of And you have you to know? be in their space. You're like, yeah. I'm here to serve you. You need me. <laughs> exactly. And also, you actually realize, oh, my God, they're actually real people. They're not just agents. They yeah. have problems, you know. They're expecting babies. They're, you know, mm, they wow. have, like, yeah. so much going on with their life. It's not just about you you trying to get in Hollywood mm-hmm. you know like it's a mutual relationship honestly that's how I got my first screenplay submitted to an agent because I was talking to him for like maybe two years without asking him for ah, anything that is what's up mm-hmm. that is so important that groundwork that playing the long yeah. game is what I'm hearing that uh, yes Amber is not really good at oh playing no the long game. I'm not 
<laughs> she's like i want you to do this for me right now like no like we, we what i'm just saying you know sometimes i hear you i praise you <laughs> um but i just don't like to waste my time like are That's we not doing wasting this? time it is though but sometimes when you know exactly what you want from a person it's not like i'm talking to jennifer lawrence's agent i mean that's obviously a little bit different like yeah let's build a relationship but if we're just both hustling and we're both having mutual interests are we doing this together or are we not mm-hmm. i see it as paying dues like you just can't come barging out of the gate like give me this i want this hey what do you want from me i can't offer you that much i think connection and having a strong foundation in your network is much more valuable mm-hmm. than like hey uh can i submit this to you like no because oh, yeah on. i don't you know, know you exactly i think it's better when you know that person they feel like they know you yeah you know what though what i realized a lot of time it was more about the connection with somebody honestly right you can meet somebody the same day mm-hmm. and have the bond with them more than the person you have been talking to for two years wow like just the bond it's and that vibes. person you might not even need to ask that person that person will ask, ask something you. to read it yeah yeah so it's really yeah. knowing the bond you have with the person and also the knowing if you're ready do you think it's better and for amber's sake for amber's sake because she needs so much help apparently (laughs) for amber's sake is it better to build that relationship first before asking like straight out of the gate like hey i see you do this can you do this for me i feel like the most important thing it's not only just building relationships with somebody but also knowing what that person wants in their life Mm -hmm. i remember the first time that i met kareem over here you know we sat down for coffee and the first thing that he told me he told me what can i help you Mm. ah he did the same thing to me is that your thing that's his go-to i feel like that's the most like (laughs) fundamental thing about how can i help you being human it's really him putting it out there like what can I do for you? Mm. And I feel like the most important thing that people really ignore is that a relationship or networking anything cannot do you any good in entertainment industry if you're not ready. And we need to it's dig like, more into that being ready part. Like, what does yeah, that mean? As an actor or actress, you meet, let's say, a big agent like Jennifer Lawrence agent and something like that. You probably have done... Maybe like some school stuff, you know? Like a few you, commercials. Yeah, a few, a few commercials and stuff like that. Do you think that agent is best for you? Or do you think you're ready for that agent to actually look at where your, your work? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's more like at that point, if I'm I'm an actor and I just met someone as big as that, I will want to put that person as my mentor than to ask that person to represent me that time. Yeah, yeah that's you fair. Wanna, you gotta be smart. You gotta be smart. Like wow. he's not going to represent you. Yeah. Yeah. You are not at that level yeah, yet. Exactly. You know, so you're not ready you gotta know when you're ready in a, on a writer's point of view it's very critical for a writer because you want to submit your best work out there what i realized people don't read two times oh especially one and done one and done they read the first 10 pages and if they don't like it whether you're not ready or anything like that they'll never read something that you submit to them ever again mm-hmm. oh. oh there's actually a chain of command when it comes to reading scripts the assistant will read it will read it and then refer it and give it a grade. And not in every situation, but a lot of times that's how it works because people are getting hundreds of scripts, not just mm-hmm. yours. Yeah. You know? Because I'm sure they're getting bombarded left yeah. and right. Like, and read, I mean, my stuff, read my and stuff, read my stuff. It's tricky because you you have that fear of somebody stealing your idea. So you mm, may want yeah. them to sign an NDA, an NDA yeah. but asking them to sign that NDA 
might push them push away. them away just because that sucks um, like what about the power of for the artists the the writers yeah but i mean like we live in a world where it's easy to sue people and get money for anything so like mm. people are going to protect their wealth as much as possible which i have learned when you submit a screenplay to somebody and you ask them to do an indie or something like that that first thing that rings in their bell is like amateur amateur because you're like oh. oh here's my script you can't take it though you better not take my just ideas ima- just, yeah just imagine whiny? someone the people in the entertainment industry the big people mm-hmm. do they send each other scripts and be like hey NDA. send an idea by the way don't yeah, take exactly. it yeah yeah exactly. you know so yeah. like the first time this person doesn't work with people like you and yeah. the first time he's trying to give you a chance and they get oh send an NDA. Yeah. i know it's like self-explanatory but if you don't know nda means non-disclosure agreement meaning whatever you do is exclusive yeah right. it yeah. does protect you an nda but if you have copywritten your your work and you are directly submitting your work to somebody through an email chain, you already have proof that person cannot steal your Is work. That, that's exactly. intellectual property. Yeah, so to say. they already. Okay. When you're suing somebody, they stole your work. You have to prove two things. A, you're the first person who wrote this thing. Mm-hmm. It's yours. And the second thing that you have to prove, did this person have access to your work? Yeah. Which is if you have an email link. like link that shows that you guys were communicating and right. you actually send that person a script, you don't need to make that person send an NDA. Yeah. They already know that yeah. they work in the industry. They're professionals. Mm, like there most, you go. Like the way people steal screenplays in Hollywood, they will like pick up a script from somebody that there is no chain that mm. brings them to like they had access to your screenplay. Nobody mm. will steal your script if they there is email chain linking them to it. Okay, because yeah. so you can prove it. Okay, gotcha. So nothing on paper. Get right. it. Get it digitally. Is that what we're going with? Yeah, yeah pretty Basically. much. Don't print out your screenplay and just like go yeah. to a meeting. Hey, can you read? This? Hey, yes. can you read it? No, Easy send digital. them an email. Do people still do that? Like, let me print You'll this out. You'll be surprised. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, Kareem, sorry no. we disrupted you. I want to get your take on this. Yeah, but I was going to say the NDAs can be risky for producers to, to sign because if I am working on something maybe similar and I read your script... Mm-hmm. And now there's something in there. It might not even be the the entire concept. It could be certain things in there about the characters or whatever that may be similar to something else that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. I've basically put myself in a bind now because now if you turn around and you you sue me, be like, hey, well, you signed the NDA, but like, look, you got this new project and that's my character, and now you got to deal with that. Yeah. You know, as the producer, they they could probably win in the long run, but why would you even want to go through that and have to spend the money and like, yeah. you, you know, it's a headache they don't want to deal so with. So you it wouldn't all. read it as a as a producer if you got a script and they're like hey sign this no, NDA? i get scripts oh. like trust like linkedin bro <laughs> listen, <laughs> cha- listen those unsolicited scripts are a thing what? for real without even asking hello like, how you're doing i'm not no, that crazy no, no, no. They, they, they'll do that like, but hey, the script bro, will be up? attached to it like yeah. hey how you doing we just connected can you take a look at my script it's about that i'll be like well close sorry no I don't because your background you listed your your work background yes yeah so tell tell people what you did. <laughs> um, well, basically, I'm a producer. I've been doing it for going on professionally, let's say, seven years. This is going to be my seventh year. I started at the bottom as like a PA, worked my way up, grinded it out, technically on a desk job, too. That mm-hmm. was like, whoo, it was like probably the <laughs> hardest job I've ever had working at the uh, Jerry Springer show. That was one of the shows Woo. I worked at. So, yeah, I was one of the people who were creating all that drama and everything behind the scenes. They're like, um, now spit on her face. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring Steve out here. Let's escalate the situation. But, but yeah, it was, it, it was definitely a, a difficult job because it was weekly. So every mm-hmm. single week, 
you would have to produce an entire show. You would have to cast an entire new show. You'd have to fly out six, seven, eight people, some who don't like each other and be having to manage a team of PAs and assistants to, hey, the girlfriend is going to beat ups. Send the mistress to, you know, Kona Grill. <laughs> and then, you know, and then they have drivers. So only the driver could take them around because literally if these people run into each other, they will fight. Oh, and you, you know? can't have wow. them at the same restaurant. You can't have them in the Nothing. same green room. It's different hotels, everything, wow. everything, everything. You got to separate everything. But then on top of that, being the, the producer, you have to be in charge of all these things. So at the Jerry Springer show, I was um, one of the associate producers. Man, when I tell you my job entailed everything from doing the budget every week, doing the rundowns, casting. Um, it's definitely one of the most difficult jobs I've ever had. So to answer the original question, have you ever thought about leaving? What do you do now for a desk job? Yeah. No. Because <laughs> I, I did the, like, desk, I did the desk job that. first. So, uh, gonna so you would have to leave to go back to that. Yeah. I see. I oh. see. Yeah. Okay. So. And now you're kind of doing things on your own terms. Yeah. I would. I prefer to do things on my own terms because I feel when I was working these desk jobs for these productions, I felt like it was siphoning my creativity, but like I, I felt like I was losing the love of the craft, which is mm. what I was doing it for. Yeah. You know, I started to chase the paycheck more. It's like, oh yeah, you're going to give me 80 grand this year? All right, cool. Shit. Let me do that. Yeah. Like, you know what, I mean? what do I need but to do? But then, exactly. <laughs> but then at the same time, you're, you're spending all your waking moments in this office even when you leave the office like there's still things that you. yeah you, you take it home with you and it's just let's just say tuesday was my day off right you get one day off we work six days a week wow right and i can say all this now because jerry springer is no longer taping so nobody has to <laughs> worry about anything <laughs> it literally <laughs> just ended so shout out to jerry jerry's an amazing dude he's got a new show anyway. oh Okay, so let's just say Tuesday was my day off, right? I'm back in the office on Wednesday. Wednesday morning, I have to make sure the P-card statement is done. P-card statement was from the last show, which is like everything that we spent. So like the company credit card. Mm -hmm. Everything that was spent, I have to account for it with receipts and all that. If there are missing receipts, that comes out of my paycheck. Oh, oh my God. So that's They're on my mind. They're allowed to do that? They are... Listen, I don't know what's allowed. Listen. I just know I had a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did. And they offered you that. 80 grand. So you're just <laughs> like, like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to. You know, that first day, a lot of times is running around, getting receipts, making the PA go get receipts for me, whatever the case is, making sure people got home. OK, fine. But then, you know, now I got to start casting. Now I'm making the phone calls, calling people who called into the show, talking to them, dealing with their issues, dealing with their problems. But then to now go home and I'm tired, but now I have all of your problems, all of on your here. issues, yeah. all of this stuff mm. on my mind. On top of the fact that, damn, that's one day down. We only got two more days, three more days for me to to cast at least nine people. I was flying out every single week. Wow. That is nine plane tickets I was responsible for. That's nine people's health and, you know, yeah. body, yeah. that like safety, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. I had to kind of manage while they were in town. And it, I mean, it, it, it was a lot, you know, to go through all that, let's say the day before the tape and somebody doesn't now want to do the show or somebody doesn't get on the plane at three o'clock in the morning and I have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and be like, yo, please, man, I need you to get on this plane for me. Like, you got to do, like, you know. It's, yeah. So you were so, actually talking to them and, like, trying to coerce them to. To come back, especially. To if, keep their word. Yeah. That they would come. We weren't paying people to come on the show. Yeah. You know, oh. we, we don't pay. We never paid anybody to come on the show. It was literally, 
a free trip. Yeah. You get cigarettes because people love cigarettes. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get it. You get <laughs> So we got cigarettes and a bottle of Henny. I mean, if you want to come, you can. You get said no alcohol, though. We couldn't give people alcohol. There's old chocolates in the drawer. Uh, but like, yeah, like. So just imagine trying to convince people to come on the show. It's always convincing the other half, you know? So a girlfriend may have called because, you know, she's having issues with her boyfriend or, mm -hmm. you know, depending on the relationship, her girlfriend, you know, whoever. So you may spend the whole day just working with this girl just for her to wow. be able to send you a clear picture of her ID. Uh -huh. wow. like, so it's all little details that take up so much time with the show that. Yeah. How would, do you have time to work you on your own passions, your own anything? Exactly. Exactly. You didn't. So that that was the main problem. You get the one day off. And then that's with that one day, it's gym if I possibly could. You got to do laundry. You got to go to the Damn. grocery store. Mm -hmm. And then you're back to work the next day. Wow. You know? Oh. Wow. So, I thought I had lot. a bad. <laughs> and I hear you talk about the hours that are being put in. And before that, Combi, I heard you talking about people reviewing the scripts. And I think about how people are dying to get into this business. And I've heard that certain agencies pay like minimum wage to people that are just mm. starting out and they work grueling hours. How can you speak to that? Like people taking advantage of people dying to get into this yeah. business. I don't think it's right. You know, I, I it's, think that's it's a wrong. real thing, though, right? It's yeah, not it's, like a stereotype. No, 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 no. I mean, in, in certain situations, it is. You really do have a lot of people who want to do anything to get behind the lens or to sit at the desk that I was sitting at. They'll take the pay cut. I'm not going to call any names. I really could. Call them. No, call I'm them not going to do it. But like, listen, there are companies where you have producers who are producing quality content for a $100 million company and... The PAs at Jerry Springer were making more than the producers at this particular company. Wow. So how do you justify? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't, how are you justifying that a PA on one show is making, let's say, 40, 45 grand? And PA is like the lowest, the bottom yeah, of the total And then you pool. have a producer in your company, your $100 million company, and mm -hmm. you're paying them 40, 45 grand? Wow. And you're yeah. worth $100 million? Wow. Bruh. Yeah. Well, just to play devil's you, advocate. You don't deserve to be in the industry. I don't know. I feel that everybody wants to be somebody and everybody wants to be in the industry. And I feel that there is a test that people need to pass because everybody off the streets wants to be like, yeah, I want that lifestyle. Okay. But do you have what it takes? Mm -hmm. Like, are you going to work hard? Are you going to prove yourself? And I'm not saying that it's right. Like people need to live, yeah. but at the same time, I think characters need to be developed and proven a little bit. Like yeah. show me what you can do. Yeah, for I sure. feel like you can do that with paying them a decent wage. I mean, think about it. I wouldn't really like or respect the person that would work those grueling hours, has a, a solid body of experience, but will just take the job because I really, really want to work for you. I want to be this in the future. I mean, it's great. You hear the stories all the time, like mm -hmm. get in where you can and then work your way up. But you also have to know there's places where they just take advantage of the mm -hmm. fact that you'll do it. Yeah. yeah. You took yeah. it. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. And we talked about uh, negotiating on a past episode. Do you think that they do that because people are not informed? They're just like, yeah, I'll take it. Like, I've been dying for this. I've been waiting years to do this. Like, do you regret not negotiating or did you negotiate your salary or? Initially going in, no. But then when you do go back for like contract extensions, then at that point, then you know, like, okay, yes. I do think it, it's not a bad thing to go into a situation just saying, you know what, it's not what I what I want, but not every opportunity has a paycheck attached to it. Mm -hmm. So mm. if you go in with the idea of, okay, look, 
I know what I could bring to this. If you're not just going to be there working for the next seven, eight years, if you have an understanding of, okay, look, um, with the boss looking six months, we're going to have a review and then we're going to talk about whether or not I can get promoted or whatever. Like you have to have that conversation going yeah. into it. So there's an understanding yeah. because if you're just sitting around being like, well, one day I know I'm going to get that promotion. Yeah. Then yeah. You're going to resent, it's not gonna come. you're going to yeah. resent the boss. You're going to hate the job. You're just going to end up getting fired. For yeah. And then you're going to be yeah. mad and want to burn the place down. Exactly. You know, like you don't want to do yeah. <laughs> This sounds like it happened before. <laughs> <laughs> you are somebody, you know, a like friend of mine. The match. She's like, later. Uh, I'm later. not going to do this. <laughs> I'm above this. I don't, I don't need to do this. I'm too good for oh, this. Man. Go ahead. Uh, honestly, though, uh, new artists and stuff like that, people who are trying to get in the industry, um, my point of view and my advice will be don't get picky when you're beginning and mm -hmm. studying and stuff. It's just like knowing what your goal is, what your dream is, and the job you're accepting, even if it has a, a pay cut or something like that. How is it going to get you closer to your goal? Mm -hmm. You know, Keep your eye to on your that dream. prize. Yeah, because it's literally it's not about what you're doing now. It's about... Five years from now, what will you be doing? Don't be picky in, when you're studying and stuff, you know. Just see where that job and opportunity is going to take you career-wise. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to ask you something. Do you think that's different for non-people of color? Um, I feel like that advice is for everybody. Even though we uh, people of color have it tough in the beginning stage and women of color. But we all face difficulties when we start. Yeah. everybody who's trying to get their foot inside the hollywood dolls you know yeah, yeah. it's hard for everybody pretty much even though actually we have it hard uh, so I'm, of curious, I'm curious to know more about those difficulties what were yours what were, what are yours uh, for me honestly if i'm gonna speak for my own experiences being underestimated um, which it can work later to your advantage yeah like, oh my God, Kami, you do all this? Yeah. You look at this? Oh, you know yeah, the, the worst? Yeah. Oh, you're so well-spoken. Kareem, you're not like the others. <laughs> you're so different from every other black guy <laughs> I feel strangely comfortable around you. <laughs> not Listen. him, though. Not him. Listen. Something about him. Listen, babe. <laughs> I can't believe you still get that. You're still well-spoken. On occasion. Like, it can wow. happen. On occasion, it can happen. That little bit of shade where you're like, wait a minute. You're like, was Did, that a compliment? <laughs> you, yeah, were you, were you throwing, do you, because you see, and that's another thing black people struggle with is like trying to figure out whether or not you are a bigot or a racist because yeah. it's like, yeah. are you just uninformed or are no. you like. These days my like, answer is always, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know you are. <laughs> it's fine. I'm going to get what I want. You're going to get what you want. We're going to be, we're going to work this out. I know who you are. Yeah. It's it's crazy because speaking of what Karim said, what what I usually get is like, oh my God, you have an accent. Mm -hmm. You are not from here, so tell me your story. Like so, you have like, who are you? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's crazy for me. It, it has played so far on an advantage level where people are more willingly to like be like, oh, so what's your journey? What brings you to America? Mm -hmm, type thing. Mm -hmm. It's like your icebreaker in a way. Like, yeah, yeah. So it has always been like something where I start talking to somebody and they're like, oh, you know, like they, they're more intrigued mm -hmm. to know more about me. Yeah, that's pretty Because I'm cool. not from here. Do you so. kind of like fluff up your background story? You're like, yeah, man, war torn. I had to crawl <laughs> over the border. I had to swim by myself. I was only an infant. <laughs> yeah. I'm supporting my family back home. Like, just lie a lot. Yeah. The teacher of Africa, being in Africa, and stuff like that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing so far is that you have to be a hustler. You have to not be afraid to network. There's different ways to go about it. Mm -hmm. um, the Amber way 
So <laughs> <laughs> it's not recommended. Yes, no, we don't do the Amber no, Wine. Well, okay, no, wait, 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 wait. Let's not say that. Let's not say that. <laughs> yeah, let's not say yeah, that. Because we had a conversation about that the last time wow. we met. The Amber way, as you were saying, was just being very direct. Like, hey, are we going to do this or not? Yeah. Like, what do you want from me? This is what I want exactly. from you. Which is, um, Kambi and I have a lot of conversations about building relationships but there are also situations where you do need to be direct because sometimes there'll be somebody who's like hey let's work together okay cool what do you want to do what do you want to do yeah i don't know and what do you like, want to do and then, then now what you're playing around like so yeah. like what are you even I, reaching out to me I for feel like yeah. i feel you like just yeah. like if you come to me with a proposition then i can think about it and let you know yes or no i feel cool. you on that one <laughs> yeah yeah amber way all day oh <laughs> for, for that for that particular for that, yeah. instance so it's case by case but i think case if you know case. like hey we know this person has this background you know let's schmooze a little bit mm-hmm. i'm down with the schmoozing yeah. yeah you lead that you lead that that's not my i thing. always do yeah so. okay so i'm taking notes as we go along yes um but one thing i wanted to talk about is how we met so Kareem's a hustler by nature, and I know this because he met us New Year's Day. 8 a.m. sharp. Do you know how early I had to wake up? <laughs> I missed the fireworks. I had to be in bed by 10 p.m. And I was my boyfriend literally had to prop me. He's like, look at the look at the fireworks. I'm like, uh, okay. Like <laughs> I had to make sure I got enough sleep because he was like 8 a.m. and I'm like, he was early. He was people. there so early. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, this is how I know when people aren't messing around. Yes. And you know. Yeah. And that's why I was so motivated. I'm like, okay, he means business. He's not like, oh, well, let's do 10 p.m. Like, no. <laughs> Meet me at 10. I'm meeting you nowhere at 10 yeah, p.m. Yeah, exactly. I'm meeting my bed and my pillow <laughs> oh, at 10 p.m. That's funny. But yeah. it's also, it reduced a lot of barriers, too, because when you're networking with women, things are a little bit different. You can't just be like, hey, meet me at this bar and mm-hmm. it'll like, be no, fine. We're not gonna do we'll that. talk yeah. business. We'll talk shop. So I'm like, 8 a.m.? I automatically feel safe. Comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And get things done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you guys speak to that, how you've had to network with women, and especially in the age of me too, she too, him too. They too. We all us too. do. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell yeah. us about that. So far for me, uh, most of the women that I've networked with, they are higher up the level. She's more in the position of power than I am. Mm. So, you know. And that's usually the case. At the level of my career, yes. Okay. If, you, if you're going to meet up with somebody for networking, it should be about networking. Yeah, keep it on topic. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of it that a lot of people don't do, which is why when you sent me the links for your episode to share so that Kambi can can hear and get an understanding of your show, that gave me good insight about you guys. You know, like that you're about your business as well. Awesome. Yeah. And so you guys aren't scared when you meet up with women? Not even a little bit? I mean, in the conversations, generally via text, I'm usually careful with the way I word things or the way I say things because I'm conscious of the fact that it it might come across that I'm trying to do something other than network Mm. or that, you know, I don't want her, the female... I'm speaking of to think that I'm, like I said, trying to hook up with her. The female. Yeah. <laughs> the I have woman. to be very careful when I approach her in her natural environment. You know, but you see, but even, but even that, <laughs> like, at one point that I heard that female isn't um, appropriate. Like, I shouldn't say female. Sounds general. Well, yeah. female. <laughs> so you that's see, a little bit different. Yeah. So, so, so I don't, so it's like... I, 
definitely have to say, okay, the uh, the You can say women. The women. No, women. He's so careful. Women. Listen to this, guys. The women. The women. When you approach her. The goddesses. Why don't you say that? The goddesses. The queen. See, but I can only say that about the black women. I got to keep it general for everybody. So we can't say queen. So the female. No, um, all jokes aside, no, seriously, like I really do. I like being able to network with females. Um, actually, the person who see now their person now your persons. So the person, <laughs> the woman, the woman <laughs> who edited the the woman who edited our campaign video, super talented. The first time I ever got to work with a female editor, and I was excited going into it because um, some months ago I watched a documentary that taught me that women were actually the first editors in the film industry. And because it was so closely related to sewing, they would just relegate that to the women because, you know, at one point there wasn't Final Cut Pro and all this. You literally yeah. had to cut the film and then stitch it back together. Oh, wow. So they made the women do it because it's like they're sewing. So a lot of the techniques that we use today as editors were developed by women. A lot of you men who stole our technique. <laughs> so, Is that what you're saying? Charlie's looking for reasons right now. Don't give her a reason. So, um, you don't want to do so that. He just props. ignores me. I'm giving props. I'm giving He's all the praise. He's trying to educate. I get it. I get it. Jesus. Who did not put their Who's phone on what did I say? Oh God, Combi? <laughs> all right. So, uh, guys, uh, Combi had to... He, You know what? He's had, here. He's yeah. in spirit. <laughs> he had to go physically, but, but he is he's here, here with us. Yeah. He's going to be back later on to, to share more about what he's working on. Yeah. So stay tuned. Where are we at? What, what are we doing next? Well, we wanted to get more into the female perspective of hustling in the industry and what's different. What is the male perspective versus the female? Who has it harder? Like, do you find yourself kind of competing with women or like what what is that like? What's that perspective for you? Yeah. I would say more so the competition with women would be from the producing side and the on the background because there are a lot of women in the administrative positions mm -hmm. on productions. Whether you uh, want to say it's a stereotype or not, women are more um, organized, organized, professional, yes. bossy. Yet, I mean, your, your words. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching him. I was like, he wants to say something, but he's not going to say it because he but calls us the females. And the he's, females. He's that careful. <laughs> so um, even though it might seem stereotypical, like that is really why I would want my team to be to have a lot of females in leadership positions, because I know we're gonna get the job done. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like That's I know true. that I could trust a woman. If I'm like, hey, I need this done, she'd be like, all right, I got it. Yeah, dude, he went da 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 da. Oh, yo, damn, yeah. that actress is hot, bro. Like, what's her name? Like, man, uh. do your job, man. Like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> yo, man. Okay, yeah. So I, I've noticed that just working on our projects alone, I'm like, okay, I know a woman is usually gonna be like, what's point A, B, C, and D. This is when it's done. These are the steps that I've taken. Almost like over communicators. Whereas where I've worked with some guys, I've been like, hey, um, did you get this step done? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I haven't done it yet. But yeah, we're doing it. We're or doing it'll it. be like, what email? <laughs> oh, check your oh, email. You sent me an email? I don't understand. Like, yeah. bro. Even though um, I would say in the administrative positions, like I said, there's a lot of female representation. Not so much behind the camera. 
there could be more uh, female directors, more female editors, more female grips, because um, the grips and the gaffers, I'll even give them credit, are the heavy lifters. You know, mm-hmm. they're the ones um, who are dealing with like these hot lights or like um, picking up the, the dollies and, you know, do, doing like the real manual labor. We don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. There well, are women who, I mean, who are down not? to do what they want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're passionate about. You know, that might be like what they want to start a business around, you know, so give them the shot like but there will be situations where somebody would look at a woman and be like oh yeah i don't know if you could lift 50 pounds i don't yeah, know if you could yeah. like you know you can't so you say it because that's a lawsuit but and i was just happen. gonna ask like yeah. why aren't there women in those positions is it because the people hiring are like no no you can't do that yeah i mean hollywood has that saying where it's uh, it's not what you know it's who you know but it is true Uh It is a fact because you have to think um, we we spoke before about the formulas and people going with what works and what works better than anything is going with somebody you already know. True. Going with somebody you already trust. Every job too. Not just creatives. (laughs) Not just creatives. And if not somebody you know, somebody recommended by someone you know, Mm. you know, so you may get on set and... This guy doesn't know what he's doing, but because that's the director's cousin, like he's, yeah. he's got this job. I don't want to paint the picture that that's every production and that's how it's mm-hmm. always is. And that's why you didn't get the job. But it happens. Yeah. Who, you, you know, know, and then naturally, if you're a man in a position to hire, who, you know, is more than likely going to be Other a guy man. Another man. Mm-hmm. that might just so happen to look identical to you. Uh, maybe. Am I reaching here? Reaching for the stars? Reaching. No. No. Because, yeah. <laughs> okay. you know, like you want to be comfortable. You you, want to be comfortable, especially if it's a long process. And I would say even particularly if it's going to be a small crew. So like I would say the smaller the crew, the less inclusive it's inclined to be because you have to be in close communication with people on a consistent basis. You would rather have it be with somebody who you vibe with, somebody who knows like when I say vibe, you know what I mean when I say vibe. If I'm laughing, I was like, yo, that's facts though. I don't have to explain myself. Like like, no facts. What's your facts? Like no, 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 we don't have any facts. We we do emails only. Facts. (laughs) Okay, what's your facts number? Yeah, because I mean sometimes you slip. Because it happens as as the black comes as, out. as yeah. black people, the you know, we, we, we have, you know, I, I don't know what you could call, but I call it code switching. You code switch. We do. We know exactly it's, what that it's means. just mm-hmm. a thing. And when you get comfortable, you slip. And sometimes you slip. And they look at you like, who's this Her person? Feedback. Like, like what? <laughs> like, you what? were so well spoken five minutes ago. <laughs> like what? <laughs> you know, so. And it's it's just better just to do business with people you can be comfortable around and yeah, you just yeah. be yourself. You true. don't always have to constantly be thinking about what you're going to say next. Though. It's true. Yeah. It's true. If I think about the guests we have on, I, I'm shooting Charlie, potential guest. She's like, ah, I don't know. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I was very <laughs> concerned about that potential guest. Yeah, it's most, okay. <laughs> Non-people of color that she has her concerns about. Particularly white women. Oh, because I, I was trying to be tactful, but you said it. White women. <laughs> I am a white woman, woman in America. I mean, again, I've never been able to really connect with white women like that. And I feel mm. that they have like this higher level of sass and just like. I'm sound. sure they feel the same way about you. Probably. You're so sassy. I am very sassy. And don't let me have on my red lipstick, okay? Gotcha. But I'm just saying like the dynamic and then like two black girls and a white girl, like <laughs> I am interested to see on how that dynamic would work. I'm I'm afraid. I'm afraid yeah. of that because I think that she's going to be uncomfortable and she's just going to come off like, Ugh. I mean, depending, like we met white girls before and I was like, oh, yeah, you're cool. But 
I don't know, just on a certain level, it's, you really have to be careful. And then mm. at what point do we lose the integrity of our show? Yeah, I'm like, well, Charlie, we got to push the envelope. We don't want to perpetuate just doing the same thing with the same people over and over again. We got to reach, expand our circle. And I wish people in show business would think like that more often. Like, right. OK, whether or not it's great, like we don't know because we didn't do it. But for once, Amber is not trying to plan out the ending of something before it begins. And <laughs> yeah. Process, praise. <laughs> yeah. That'd be dope, like being vulnerable in that position. Yeah, I'm you down know, to might... be vulnerable. What? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I'm, the episode's playing in my head. I'm ready to see it. Like, you I want to listen. Like, I'm I can't gonna be wait. like this the whole time. Sips tea. Hmm. Like, let's go. Like, I was... <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to be like a script sips tea. Listen, listen, I'm trying to sit in the audience for that one. I'm being like, you're more than welcome. I need you to make (laughs) popcorn. The Michael Jackson meme. Okay, ladies doing stuff is now casting white women. (laughs) (laughs) Open to white women. Feel free to submit your applications. Hello at ladiesdoingstuff.com. Yeah. Speaking of opening the doors to women, what do you think that they need to have? Is it brains above everything? Is it the looks that matter? Whether you're on camera or off camera, what matters most? Okay, and we're specifically talking about the entertainment yes. industry, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I would say like if you're in sales, definitely above anything else, it really does looks does play a role in it mm-hmm. because people open their wallet for a, a beautiful woman, man. Beautiful like, people sell um, beautiful things. It's, it's just the truth, man. Like sex sells, and if you are speaking to a man about it. In the back of his mind, he thought about it. He might not come at you and say anything, mm-hmm. but in the back of his mind, he's like, damn. I want to tap that. Yeah, if I give her this opportunity, maybe a little We could spend more time da, together. Da, da, da. Like, I maybe mean, I could get to know her. But as a woman, if you go into that situation knowing that, like, you know women. You can play the game. You know, you, 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 you have them out a little bit. Like, Did y'all you know, hear that zipper? <laughs> that zipper. <laughs> he unzips his jacket <laughs> three quarters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Force, just like yes, but, it's like, true. But like, how many times have we kind of done that? Play that. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. Yeah, Charlie's like, uh, am I good? In in relation to what we were just speaking about, a lot of things women would see as a negative. I think you said it before. Can be used as a strength. I think about that whole movement, like Tracy Ellis Ross, and like all of these actresses are banding together and trying to hire more women. Like they want fifty yeah. percent more women. Yeah. Does that hurt you in particular? Or are you all for it? Or are you like, oh man, now now there's more competition? No, like I'm I'm all for it because if you want to be represented, you have to do it yourself. Same with with black people and how we always talk about financial inclusion. Mm-hmm. Like Is it, it's, lift it's, each other up sort of thing yeah it, it's gonna take us building together and cooperating and i also think about our resources we don't really have the capital we don't have the assets the equity like we don't have anything to start yeah, but what I would say to that is the black community spends $3 trillion a year. We got the money. Yeah. But it's coming from somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> guys, I want us to do better. Oh my God. We have it. It's just we're, you know, we're spending it on, on bullshit just to call it what it is, you know? Yeah. like. Find ways to keep money because another aspect of hustling, people always think about hustling as I got to make more money. I got to make more money. Mm-hmm. But real wealth is about how much money are you keeping? Keeping, exactly. Because it's, that's how you you have to think about your dollars as bricks. So the more bricks you have, the bigger the house. If you're giving away your bricks, then you can't build anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Invest back into the community. That's when we can really start building. 
for women, especially those working in and trying to break into show business? How can they be treated as assets rather than, well, ass? Ass. Good ass. one. Ass. Good one. <laughs> Look at that. Let's see how I did that right there. Um, how can they get that respect that they some some of them deserve? Not all. Yeah. Not, not all. Not all. Yeah. Y'all know. Y'all know. Yes. Yeah. It's tricky because you still want to be able to network, but at the same time, you do want to be assertive. So on both of the perspectives, you might just go to a meeting and just be like, okay, well, what do you need? Da 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 da. You're more inclined to. No, 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 no. I'm not saying either one. I'm not saying either one. You know, you may be more inclined to build, you know, build a relationship. Now, that relationship in either circumstance could trigger for this particular producer or whoever is in a hiring position to try to take advantage of that. It's like, okay, like, you know, eventually I can, like, you know, slide up in there. It's like an opening in a way. You try to be friendly towards people. That's your problem. Slide up in there. Oh I'm my sorry, goodness. Just, you, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves. Yeah, bye. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with combi. <laughs> That's what you get for being friendly. Exactly. Um, but the best advice I would say is just know who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, know who you are. And if you're not down for it, just say, yo, I don't do that. And just rock with it. Don't let somebody put you in a position that makes you uncomfortable. It sounds like women, if you're ever in that situation, I think in any job, you have to have that bottom line. It's like the money's not worth it. I won't be treated like this. Yeah. And with that, we have to be ready to really lose all right. Walk away. Yeah. Everything. Look, as a species, man, we just step it up. We'll be all right. Please step it. We can step, step it up. Step it up. But step women up. also can't send mixed messages. Let's be real. Like we can't be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna give them a little bit so that I can get to where I want to go. Because you give them an inch, you're gonna take a mile, and who wouldn't? So you're saying if we as women are all on the same page from the get go, mm-hmm. be like, I will not stand for this. This money is not worth it. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna stand my ground. Then they won't have that room to. They I don't, don't think have that would, foot in the door. Yeah, I don't think they wouldn't have as much room as they do now. I'm not gonna say no one would ever cross that line because people are stupid. Yeah, but <laughs> we make fun of it. We say me too, she too, them too, all, yeah. all y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we see the issue for what it is. But at the same time, we laugh about it because it's just like, of course, everybody's talking about it. It's just it becomes a flame. It catches fire, and yeah. it's hard to put it out. Okay, I think Kambi's on his way back now. Hey, hey, Combi, what's up? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Before you guys head out, I want you guys to tell us where can we follow you? Like, what are you working on? What do you want our listeners to do next? So currently, together right now, we are uh, working on a project called Dropout. I am the producer on it. Cambi is the creator and writer. And currently, we are in the pre-pre-production phase. So we're still putting money together to produce the show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'll let Cambi talk more about the actual show itself. Yeah. What is it about? The show is called Dropouts and it's set up in a college town. But the show actually focuses on the group of outcasts who were used to be college students. Now they're dropouts trying to prove themselves in a college town that socially does not accept them. Mm, so it's okay. like almost like a spin twist on those usual college shows that you're used to. So, yeah. 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 How, what was your inspiration for the show? Um, so I actually... <laughs> funny thing so aside from being a dropout uh actually the show was inspired long time ago when i was actually in college so my first time when i came to america mm-hmm. from tanzania when i got that visa and i was like oh my god i'm going to new york the first time i'm leaving my country ever wow. traveling wow. for the first time 
was me going to New city. York, the big city. Then I got to New York, I realized, holy shit, I am in upstate New York near Canada. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I went to the wrong what part. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like overshot it. Yo, yeah. like, I was like, holy shit, like. <laughs> There is not even a t- one tall building here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I was like, damn it. You know, so I I really didn't like it there, especially the first time. It was too cold and it was not what I was expecting. It was not New York City, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I hated it. But as the days went on, slowly, slowly, I started falling in love with this town. The people around me, the mm-hmm. students, the mm-hmm. college parties, like being a freshman in school. Mm-hmm. You know, just it was the best thing that has ever happened to me. It's actually the best time I've had good time in America was my first year here, oh my which God. was in that college town. What college town is this? Uh, it's called Plattsburgh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm, never so, heard of it. I think have I heard it? No. it sounds familiar. Yeah, it's like I'm not good with Syracuse, <laughs> oh, like yeah, yeah, Plattsburgh, <laughs> Yeah, I think Gettysburg, so. right? Okay. Uh, so I went to school there for one year mm-hmm. and made really good friends, got in a relationship and other stuff, you know. So it was mm-hmm. amazing time. Like that town just stayed in my heart. I wanted to stay at Plattsburgh, mm-hmm. but I had to move to California for my career. It was something that I always wanted to write about that town, and this is how this show is inspired. Awesome. Do you put yourself in situations so you can have inspiration? You're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go skydiving. I'm gonna do this or get with this crazy girl, so I can have content. Like, is that a thing? I feel like things usually happen first, then they lead to inspiration. Something (laughs) happens, and I'm like, oh shit, this could be something. Yeah. You know, like a writer's mind. You know, everything is like a TV show. So just be careful, guys. Oh yeah. You You might end up with my (laughs) But you know, you you know what's what's crazy about that is like a lot of writers actually do that, but people don't recognize themselves when they see themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's not your name, it's not your face, but that's you up there. But they can relate. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. relate. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we take wow. we take something deep, like that's deep yeah. inside of you. Where yes. you watch a character, you're like, mm, I relate to that person. Imagine yeah. it's you, girl. Listen, <laughs> listen, imagine, imagine if you hated a character that was based on you. You're like, oh. <laughs> I'm like I hate her. <laughs> like wait, oops. good thing we don't know any writers. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so you guys are in the pre, 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 pre. How many pre's? <laughs> pre-production. It's like an exponential amount. We we are just in one pre-production right now. Uh, we are <laughs> pre, 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 pre-production. You can do two. You can do two at the most. <laughs> So in, the fil- listen, so in the film industry <laughs> is set up pre-production is generally like after all the funds have come in okay. and you're already started to like hire crew and things like that so we're in the step before that where we're still um, raising funds. funds and yeah you know is there anything that we can do or our listeners can do to help you how can we help you reach help your goals us help yes. you alright well what you guys can do is you can head on over to dropoutstvshow.com and once you go to the site you, you should be able to donate to the project anything that you can contribute would greatly uh, help move the process along and definitely be appreciative of it um whether it's ten dollars or ten thousand dollars you know yeah. I, mean, I, I mean i'm, I'm sure you got 10 racks just laying around right you know, yeah it's underneath my mattress i'll give you guys my address i don't, know. I don't trust banks everything's in cash no that's awesome honestly guys we just need followers on our show like not mm-hmm. only just contributors or anything like that you can just be one of our audience on our show you know Mm -hmm. so just follow us from the beginning just visit our page 
Yeah. Dope Boss TV show. We'll have all the links for you listed. And in the show notes as well. So if yes. you're listening, dropoutstvshow.com. So make sure you go and support them. And do you guys have social media accounts we can find you on? Um, Same. For Where your can show? we stalk you? Same. So you can stalk the show. <laughs> no, you. I said you. I said all right. All right. Yeah. My Instagram would be K from Brooklyn because, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. So from it's Brooklyn. literally the letter K, regular spelling for everything else. On Twitter, it's Kareem AC. And literally, like, if you Google me, Kareem AC. You can find everything LinkedIn, IMDb, whole nine. That's what I did. I found you on IMDb. I was like, oh, he's he's legit. He's not lying about <laughs> <Okay>. his experience. <laughs> but for Dropouts TV, you guys have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Twitter, and yep, all that stuff. All as well. the same name, uh, Dropouts TV show. Cool. If you just go on Facebook, type Kambi Hummies, K H A M B I. Most people don't know how to spell my name. K H A M B I space H A M I S on Instagram. Same name. You'll find me also on LinkedIn and also on IMDb Pro. All right. Sounds like we've got all of our bases covered here. Yeah. We want to thank you guys for coming out and being our guests and giving us a lowdown about networking, show business, and everything that people think they know has just been changed because of you. Yeah. You guys dropped some major truth bombs, some really helpful advice. So thank you so much, especially for people of color, how to get ahead, how to stay ahead. Okay. Really I, have, I have to say thanks to you guys for oh, having us. No. Uh, this has been such a fun, fun yeah. show. Just <laughs> being here and making us feel comfortable being ourselves and in Enjoying oh. this, I wish Honus I can do this the whole day, you know. So, <laughs> and I really want to return here just like to chop it up, you yeah. know, support other projects and stuff like that, you know. So, honestly, it was an amazing time. Keep following these girls; they're amazing. They're oh. super talented, amazing personalities. So please support their shows as well. Thank you. It's not just fake guys. We're, we're like this in real life. <laughs> awesome. No, it was it was so much fun. I can't wait to hang out with you guys outside of our studio. If you want to contact us, you can email the ladies at hello at ladiesdoingstuff.com. Yes, please, please follow us. Instagram, ladies doing stuff. Twitter, ladies do stuff. We got YouTube. You can find us, ladies doing stuff podcast. We're going to have all these videos, all these different series. We're working on it. Just stick with us. I'm pretty sure you're not going to be disappointed. Yeah. Any last words? Just visit Dropout's TV show, guys. Yes. <laughs> Do the thing. Get the thing done. Good and things will happen. Like what she said. Hello. Yeah. This was Kambi Hamis. Thank you for watching us, guys. Kareem A. Cox. Thank you. Well, this is Amber Elena. This is Charlie. Signing off. See you next time. Bye. This mic is pretty um, sensitive. It picks up sound really well and it blocks out background noise very well, but you have to stay relatively close to it. Otherwise, it will tune you out pretty easily. I'll just just put the lips, my lips on the mic. Actually, the mics tend to like men better than women. Oh, Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to try as hard. Kind of like life. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's go then. Let's go. We started. <laughs> kind of like life. Uh,